TSU ladies. She moved out of state and shit and went left. She seeking forgiveness. She used to dance, but she went alone and start up a business. Her daddy is not around. Her mama is not around. I watch her climb on the top of the pole and then get to sliding down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, America's favorite podcast is Controlled Chaos, episode number three of season two. Zach Woolley, as always, joined by my esteemed colleague and guest, Mr. Owen Kiska. Owen, how are we doing after week one of college football? It's fine and dandy. I got a glass of milk in front of me. Mm. Ready to, I'm ready to go. And the Cabo Bob's Cup. Shout out Cabo Bob's. Sponsor best us. Burrito, best burrito in Austin, huh, Owen? Best burrito in the world, if you ask me. But. Oh, mercy me, Mr. Kiska. That's wild. Um, so, yeah, they got the Cabo Bob's Cup. Milk. Milk at midnight for you. little midnight milkage. <sighs> hey. Help you, help you get a good night's sleep. You never know. There you go. There you go. Little, little. Got to love the midnight milkage. Okay, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, right? Last week, Kanye, Donda, we had that to talk about. We were anticipating Drake, certified lover boy, and, and it indeed did drop. But what are our thoughts? I, I collectively mid, correct? Yes. What, Completely what, I, agree with you on that. It's it's it. it I, I saw a take. It's like it sounds like a B side of views, and it, I, I I could I could get that. I could jive with that. Yeah, I mean he's he's used the same blueprint on every album since Views. It feels like. I, and, and, I mean, it's still. I mean, it's not like they're bad songs. It's just repetitive. Yeah, commercially, it'll do great. Yeah, he has such a large following, and he has such an addictive sound that commercially, he's going to be just fine. This thing will be number one. It'll probably stay number one for a little bit, um, and and that'll be that. He'll he'll continue to be the most influential artist of this generation, if you want to call it that, based on you know streaming numbers. Numbers. But so, critically, he's not innovating, and that's that's clear. I mean, mm-hmm. sounds the same. Um, Owen, let's go through what our favorite songs were on this set album, um, if you have any. Fair Trade, TSU. People have hated on Way Too Sexy, but like it's so com- it's so catchy. You can't you can't take it seriously. That, that that's the kind of song where you just can't take it seriously. And once you do that, I mean, it sounds fine. Uh, it, having humor in a song is almost a good thing at this point for Drake because it just shows that he is doing something different. Like at least he's, you know, making this a funny song. And then other than that, uh, the highlight of the album for me, other than those three songs is maybe the 21 Savage feature and no friends in the industry, the song before it. And then the Masego sample to start champagne poetry. Yeah. On a, on a Casey Neistat type beat, honestly, little vlog type beat. Um, that was really interesting. I'm not going to lie. Poppy's Home was kind of funny. Daddy's mm. Home. I was like, oh, that's funny. The, um, the song with Lil Baby about being a lesbian. That was another. Girls love girls. Very questionable bars. Girls want girls. Yeah. Uh, she says she a lesbian girl. Me too. Okay. Drake's a lesbian. Good to know. If you, if you say so. Whatever whatever floats your boat, big guy. Um, I, I'd have to agree. Fair Trade was really good. I, we heard a sample of Fair Trade. I want to say, like, I, I think that song mm-hmm. either had been leaked or he... That he was got leaked in, on like, TikTok. His teaser. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, TSU was good. 
In Too yes. Deep was good too. I, I, as you can see, I like the songs that mentioned Houston. Like TSU was good. You had that Swisher House in the beginning, and then um, TSU was like a on a on a Madiba Redeem type beat from More Life. Uh, that sounded similar to that. Just that type of like dance hall, dance music type stuff. Um, Way too sexy was a sexy song. If you get past the you know meme ability. I mean, yes, Kanye did the glove go gabgaleb, but I mean, the way too sexy is kind of a meme too. Um, good features. I think the best feature on the whole album had to have been 21 Savage. That sounded like Savage Mode 21 Savage to me. It was a really good feature for me. Yeah. Um, but is this the album, is this album better than Donda? I don't think so. No. This album, I Donda, I have somewhere in the eight range right now. This album... I don't think will ever touch a seven for me. I think I could maybe convince myself to give it a six, but that would only be because I recognize the commercial, the commercial ability of it. The, you know, the fact that a lot of these songs are going to be, you know, number one, two, three, four, five, however far you want to go down the list on the charts. Like he is going to own the top 10 next week. Um, well, I mean, even right now on, uh, on Apple Music, the whole album the is it the is it all twenty one songs? Is it only two? yeah the whole album mm-hmm. is ahead of Kanye. Yeah, um, I mean he he broke is, he broke streaming records for the first twenty four hours on Apple Music and Spotify. And that's because it's Drake. Okay, when yeah. Drake drops, people listen. It doesn't matter if they like Drake or not; they listen to it because Drake's such a polarizing figure in music. So, um, way too sexy's number one. Fair trade. I mean. I don't know. I and then let's touch it on this. Oh, and Drake on his Apple Music show releases an unreleased ver an unreleased Kanye diss track towards him called "Life of the Party," and arguably he dissed himself. Like that song was objectively it was, really good. It was a banger. And Andre I, three thousand, come on now. I know. I, it almost makes me wish that song had been on the album. I mean, I I can understand the reasons in which it it didn't make it and if there's a true victim in the situation i saw a lot of people pointing out you know andre is really the victim here that he gives such like a a a personal heartfelt verse about his experience losing his mother too and then it ends up just being a afterthought and a you know beef between drake and kanye that really is going nowhere and I thought the the uh, statement that he released, I believe it was Saturday or Friday or Saturday, in regards mm-hmm. to that, um, was really powerful. Like he he said, "I want to work with these guys," I, and and I, I found it funny that he mentioned little baby in that. And I know I I love. I mean, we're truly, you know, I think we all shared the same sentiment. Where when little baby first came out, we thought it was mumble rap to the max, right? And come to find out, it's a really good rapper, really really good quality quality content right here so um overall man i five and a half maybe four and a half five and a half light five um i know fantano gave it a three which is interesting um but is it better than don to know and i don't think you can object i don't think anyone can say that because while donda was bloated yes it was 27 tracks it was a really long album but at the heart of it, there was stuff that you had never heard before. And I don't think you could say that with Drake. 
Yeah. And, and as a lot of people pointed out too, Donda does not feel as long as Certified Lover Boy. Certified Lover Boy feels like the longer album. Even so, though Donda is, you know, pretty long. Even though and, uh, it's actually nearly 30 minutes longer. So, um, there, what, there, I mean, that wasn't the only release we had this weekend. No, we had brother uh brother duckworth released a nice little eight track lp it was pretty good um yeah. titled sg8 eight songs not a lot of features but uh kind of bounces off what he did last last year was super good um really really just good r&b soul type beats um really good production all the way throughout and his voice is very soothing uh, i really enjoyed hearing that album Yep. Um, SG8 was really good. Uh, did you did you get the get around to listen to it? Uh, not yet. The only other album I listened to other than Drake so far was the Little Sims new project. Uh, or mm. it's just a, it's just a new single actually. Uh, Point and Kill. It was a uh, another good song. She has not dropped a bad song really ever. It, it feels like to me she is one of the most criminally underrated rappers. It feels like. Only 3.7 million monthly listeners on Spotify, which is a solid, solid amount. But I mean, it's nowhere near where she should be. Uh, I'm looking forward to her next project too. And then also, uh, I'm just kind of preparing mentally for uh, Baby Keem this week and James Blake this week. So Oh, man. Uh, Baby Keem dropped a teaser for the album this morning. Uh, really good. I The... This is gonna. I told you last week, Owen. This is this could be one of the best albums of the year. Should be. It could be for sure. I mean, we already know he's got two of the biggest figures in music on the album. He's got Kendrick and he's got Travis. So it feels like he's unloaded the Brinks truck to to make this album good. I mean, I'm sure Kendrick gave him a discounted price on the feature being his cousin, but you know, to get Travis on a song. Um, it's certainly different from his first album, which it was pretty much just him. So I'm interested to see how many more features there are going to be than just Travis, and if that's going to be sort of the uh, the norm on it. If pretty much every song is going to have a feature, or if it's going to be more of just you know whenever whenever it needs it. But I'm definitely more excited after this teaser than I was before it because I feel like this is going to be a more mature record from him. Yes. And I, I love how playful, you know, his last his first album is, but I, I I'd like to see him go for something that's more critically acclaimed uh, and, and to draw try to drop a genuinely, you know, great album. And I think that's what he's trying to do with this. So, yeah, um, I what I'm really looking for is we know there's going to be bangers, do rag activity, not to mention family ties. But I want something similar to the track "Honest" from his last EP mm-hmm. or his last album. Oh, I song. love that, like slow, sad, kind of like a lo-fi beat that he had, um, and just talking and being, you know, kind of like sad. Like that was a different type of sad song, and I really like that. I want, I want tracks like that. I think that would be really good um, for him if he can, if he can mix that in. Like honestly. I think that's what we're going to get. We're going to get songs like Orange Soda. We're going to get songs like Family Ties. But if we can get something like Honest, I loved Honest. It was really good. So we'll have to see. I'm really looking forward to this. But I honestly, Owen, I'm really baby keen looking forward to it. I really am excited for this James Blake project because this is everything that he's cooked up during quarantine. Um, And the singles that he's dropped have been so good. And I really hope that when this album drops 
I don't even know how long the runtime is on the album, but um, that we get something that's similar to assumed form, but a lot similar to his older work too, where it's more. I'm not sad. Like I physically, my mental health is lovely, but I love sad songs. So um, I would love a sad song, James. I would like a sad James Blake album. Yeah, because not not to mention the features on it are going to be great. Um, yeah, not not too many, but among the four or five features on it, we've got a SZA feature and a JID feature. So definitely yeah. looking forward to both of those. Yeah, I mean the the name of the album is Friends That Break Your Heart. It's twelve songs, forty four minutes. Um, I don't know. I'm expecting it to be very good. I, I think this is going to be one of the most critically acclaimed projects come the end of the year. Uh, he had an interview with Apple Music and he said, there's a lot coming out from artists that's a bit more subdued than other than their previous efforts. From spending all that time alone in lockdown, there's some real introspection creeping in to a lot of music. For me, I don't think I could have got more introspective. I think I went the other way with this album. Okay. Take that for what you mean. I I've really maxed out on intro. I've really maxed out on introspection and saturated my albums with thoughts. I think a lot of thinking was done away from the music. This album is led by a feeling. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That's crazy. We'll have to wait and see what that means. But I'm definitely excited for it. Um which one are you gonna listen to first? Probably James Blake, not gonna lie. Wow. I'm gonna look I at the feature. I'm gonna look at the track list for Keem. And if the yeah. features look insane, I'll probably listen to that first. But if they well, don't, I mean, realistically, what just... what other what other features are we looking for? <sighs> Jid for one. I mean, in, any of my favorite artists, I'm gonna look for on it. So Jid, I'm a big Denzel Curry guy. I would love to see him. What about um, him and Tyler? What about him and Tyler? I, I I will never say no to a Tyler the Creator feature. I think Twenty One Savage would be an interesting fit on a baby keem song um i don't know maybe throw in little baby on there just because of how hot he is right now it seems like you can't go wrong with a little baby feature right now and he's been on every album he's been yeah he's been on everything recently so i'm almost expecting one at this point but other than that i mean i don't i don't really know maybe we get another tde crossover just because he knows kendrick so well maybe you get sizza isaiah j-rock one of them on on the album that would be big Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I'll, I'll kind of take a look at the track list. If it looks like a really short album, I might just listen to it first to get it out of the way. Uh, if it looks like there are a lot of interesting features, I might listen to it first. But I think James Blake is the safe choice for for the album that I am not going to be disappointed in this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Looking really, honestly, truly, really looking forward to that album. Going to yeah. be probably... And it, it comes out at such a perfect time too. Fall autumn whatever you want to call it getting into that time frame the end of the year where you're feeling a little bit more sentimental i honestly think that it's a perfect time for this album and i really love james blake it's going to be really good really fun really looking forward to it so with that being said owen when it comes to music i think we're uh we're vibing anything else you have to say uh tell the weather here in austin to uh to listen to you and become fall because it's still 100 every day here. Air temp. Oh, well, well, Owen, um, it, it, it is quite hot in Tempe, too. I, I kind of made a dumb decision wearing a long sleeve shirt today in 104 degree weather. Not yeah. smart. Um, not to mention, um, during the football game on Thursday, I, uh, I I probably lost about five pounds sweating. It was a uh, gigantic a- mistake. 
And, Owen, and not to mention, this was, quote-unquote, the coldest opener for ASU <laughs> in 15 years. Do you want to know what the game time temp was, Owen? I'm going to go 98. 97 degrees on your one-off. Damn. One-off. And that's considered cold. So, anyway, uh, moving forward ahead into sports, we did have NCAA for week one, but we also have the MLB, okay? let's. This is a – we're a big ba- baseball pod okay we're huge in the baseball realm so uh owen in that sense we came at you a week ago talking about you know how are the padres going to be doing how are the reds going to be doing what's going on there and in the al we thought that the blue jays had just about spent it and that it was a three four horse race between the Yankees, the Red Sox, the A's, and the Mariners. Well, hold on right there. Shout out to upcoming free agents, Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon. The Blue Jays are in fuego, Owen. Don't let them get hot. That's all I got to say. Not, do not let them get hot. Uh, I mean, they beat the Yankees 8-0 on Labor Day. Vlad Jr. has hit his 40th home run, which is crazy. Yeah. This team's firmly in that wild card race. They were they were they were struggling last week, don't get me wrong. But now they are three games out between the Yankees and Boston. Boston loses a heartbreaker to the race today on Labor Day, in which they gave up not one, but two inside the park home runs. One of them being a grand slam to Nelson Cruz. Love it. I don't even know if you would call it an inside the park home run. It was a little league home run. There was an error involved. But still, know your ballpark. You're playing at Fenway. Love it. Colin McHugh gets a dub, and at intentional, one point, intentional balk. Yeah, and at one point the Red Sox were up like seven to one. They lose eleven to ten. Colin McHugh moves to six and one now on the year with a one point four six ERA. He's still a really good pitcher. Wonder why the Astros didn't resign him, but that's besides the point. This Red Sox team that is that is a loss that hurts you, yeah. in my opinion. That hurts you. Yeah. You, you can't let those guys ahead of the Blue Jays cannibalize themselves if you're the Yankees or the Red Sox. I mean, that Blue Jays team, I almost feel like is just flying under the radar right now. I mean, they swept the Athletics. Uh, series wins against the Orioles and Tigers prior to that, a series split with the White Sox, and now they've got one. I mean, they're, they're continuing the series against the Yankees. I mean, if they win this Yankees series, they are a legitimate contender to take that second wild card spot. Well, yeah, you think about it, Owen. If they sweep the Yankees, that's four games. They're going to gain all those games against the Yankees. They will be, if they sweep the Yankees, they will be in possession of one of those wild card spots. Yeah. I mean, Yankees, they've got two more series against this year. Twins, they've got two series against, so that's a last place team to play. And then Baltimore, they've got two series against. And they also have six games with the Rays as well. So that's where you run into trouble is those mm-hmm. six games. But it does help them. I don't know if it helps or hurts them, but if they're firmly in the race come the end of September, they have the Yankees for three, and then they have three at Rogers Center with the Orioles probably in a nail-biter to decide who's going to win that, who's going to be in the wild-card game. Because let's not forget, Owen, the wild-card's a one-off game. So Mm -hmm. obviously, we talked about it last week, the MLB is salivating at the thought of having a Yankees-Boston one-game playoff. The winner gets to stay in the playoffs, and the the loser gets to go home. But... You can't think of, you can't forget about these other teams. Not to mention with the Oakland A's faltering as they are right now, Seattle is tied with Toronto, so they're both three games out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a nail biter. 
doors are opening right now for for whichever team wants to take it and right now it looks like it's the blue jays they've won what eight of their last ten? Five in a row yeah. i mean this team is the real deal their run differential says that they've been the real deal all season it's plus 136 that's that's larger than the yankees and red sox combined and it's the same as the white sox so if you're going to look at pythagorean record if you want to look at run differential to to determine you know which teams are, are underperforming, overperforming? The Blue Jays are criminally underperforming. They are one of the teams this season that should be much higher in the standings that they are. And, and so I think at the end of the season, if the Blue Jays don't make it to the playoffs, they can at least hang their hat on that. Hopefully that goes a long way in you know them being able to bring back Robbie Ray and or Marcus Simeon. Because both yeah, of those I, guys I, after this year are demanding a lot of money. Simeon played really a really smart game by doing that one-year deal with the Blue Jays, proving his value as one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball, and Absolutely. he should be paid adequately for it. You think about the market in this offseason, obviously Correa is going to command a big salary. Javi Baez will command a big salary. But for a guy like Marcus Simeon, for a team that is not going to shell out the $300 million for Carlos Correa, is that the Blue Jays? Do they have the money in their books to do that? It's definitely going to be interesting. And, I mean, and you would you would have to hope that they do with the, the 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 pieces they traded away for Jose Barrios. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when they, you think about who's on their roster right now, they've got a lot of young guys who are still picking up minimum contracts slash arbitration numbers. I mean, Vladdy's still making league minimum. Um, Bo Bichette's still making league minimum, pretty much. Alec Manoa is still making league minimum. Kevin Biggio's pretty far down there. I mean, the only people with a $10 million or higher salary this season on their books are Simeon, George Springer, Hyunjin Ryu, and then Randall Grichik. And that's the only contract that's really hurting you right now is Grichik. So, I mean, if they're able to get some money off of the books this offseason and maybe rather than focusing on getting both of the guys back, just say... You know, Robbie Ray, thank you for your service. We're going to try to get Simeon first and have Ray as a backup option. I think they genuinely could get one of the two. And if they do, they will be a threat again next year and the year after that and the year after that. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's not like they don't, they don't still have prospects. Obviously, they just called up Nate Pearson. He should be a stud for them, um, amongst other things. But um, I, I love what the Blue Jays are doing right now. I really do. And I – if, if – the Yankees stumble, and they just very well might. I. The other thing I have to say is I I would prefer not to be an all AL East wild card game. So one of Seattle and Oakland, if they could pony up and find a way in there. Um, I don't see. I don't, I don't see it happening. You don't see either of them. If the I season think... were to, if the season ends today. Well, obviously, we know that it'd be the Yankees in Boston, but in your eyes, it's October third. Who do you have in the wild card game? I want to say the Blue Jays can steal a spot if they keep playing the way that they are right now, and if their core can stay healthy, healthy enough, because Biggio's on the IL right now as it is. Um, but if if the guys that are hot right now, your Vladdy's, your Marcus Simeon's, if Robbie Ray keeps pitching like the Cy Young winner, I think they steal one from either the Yankees or Red Sox. And the second spot I'm saying is a toss-up between those two. I, I, I don't see the Mariners or Athletics in the playoffs come October 3rd. Yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, we went over last week what Seattle's schedule is to end the year. 
Um, obviously, it's a huge series right now against the Astros. Not that they're going to win the AL West, but if you lose to the Astros, it's a toughie. Um, but to be fair, you do still have three games against the Red Sox. That's a team you need to beat. Um, and after this Astro series, you're playing the Diamondbacks, and that's another series you should win. I mean, it's not like they didn't do their job. They we talked on Wednesday, the last episode we aired, we we talked on Wednesday. They had won every game up until that point since Wednesday until losing eleven to two to the Astros on Labor Day. They were supposed to sweep the D-backs, and they did. Um, I don't know. I ugh. I really like the Mariners team. I would love to see them in the wild card game. I don't know about winning the wild card game, but I could. I would love to see them at least in it. Um, because that's a wake up call to the A's as well. I mean, not wanting to re-sign Marcus Simeon, and let let can we also Owen just talk about how poetic it was for Marcus Simeon to hit a walk off three run bomb against the A's, the team that he grew up with or you know began playing with, and but they didn't have they didn't think that it was fair to re-sign him. Yeah, that's beautiful. That is beautiful, poetic, very poetic. So, moving on with let's let's, let's head over to the NL. Yeah, I mean, yeah. oh boy, we were we were we were leaving the Padres high and dry because they weren't in the wild card race, but they're still they they're still in it. They have a one game lead for the second wild card spot, but the Phillies and Reds still have an easier schedule. That Padres team. Had to win games against the Astros, and they did. Jake Cronenworth with a walk-off home run to close out the series. They win game one as well. Um, what do you what? Week later, thoughts on the Padres? I I don't know if the situation for the Padres has changed in my mind, but the situation for the Reds has changed quite a bit, and it's changed quite a bit for the Phillies. The Reds uh, are are doing you know everything they need to do to fall out of the wild card at this point, basically. Uh, They just got off of a series loss, I believe, to the Tigers. Uh, They lost two out of three. Um, They lost their opening game against the hottest team in baseball, the Chicago Cubs, who at this point, I think, could play a legitimate spoiler in the National League for the Phillies and Reds because they're finishing out a three game with the Reds right now, and then they next week go straight into one with the Phillies. Um, so if you've got guys like that, like teams like that, that just pop out of nowhere, the, the whole strength of schedule argument for the Padres, you know, not being in the playoffs goes out the window. I mean, if you've, the Cubs quite literally by the numbers are the hottest team in baseball right now, and that changes everything. So, um, the Reds need to win these next two games against the Cubs. I think, um, if I were in Chicago, I would definitely be going to those games. You can get tickets on vivid seats as low as $3. Uh, wow. to, sit in the, to sit in the upper decks at Wrigley Field, which is pretty incredible. But um, I, I think I think this race is going to be more interesting than the American League race. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I oh, it's I, not hot at all. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think I think it's going to be closer rather than than less or more interesting. I think it's going to be a closer race, and I think this is the one that's more likely to go down to the final day of the season because these teams are just battling back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about the Cubs? Seven in a row. Hottest team in baseball by far. Frank Schwindel. Love it. Love it. Nick Magical love it too. God. Yeah. Uh this team's doing I mean, they're obviously not going anywhere, but hey, have a day. Might as, might mean, as well play some spoiler while you're at it. I mean Yeah. I not? mean 
getting schwindy up here is the is the lead headline the schwindy Love city it. oh owen is that I off like the rip that. is that off is that off the dome for you uh, yeah off the rip off the dome i mean the cubs aren't they're they're 10 games out of the wild card that's irrelevant but the fact that they're playing spoiler to the reds who have now lost two in a row while the phillies have won two in a row um it's big it's big yeah. we we have four more weekends left and you know mm-hmm. while the reds have an easier schedule if they can't beat the teams they're supposed to beat it's irrelevant if the padres are going to go out and know that they have to beat the astros and they do and the reds are going to go out and you know lose two to the cubs i mean or lose to the cubs and lose you know that's not going to be good it's not going to play well owen no uh so, ah, I, I mean, and they, need I mention the Reds still have to play the Dodgers? They still have to play the Dodgers and the White Sox. Not yeah. saying that their schedule is not easier than the Padres, but if they can't beat the Cubs and they're losing, I mean, they're losing series to the Tigers, that's not going to play. I mean, in order for the Reds to get up to that spot, they have to string together wins. And yeah. if they're going to win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, that's not going to play. You can't have that pattern if you want to get anywhere. Their, so, their saving grace at this point might be the Pittsburgh Pirates. I I want to pick the Padres so bad, but I look at the Padres' schedule, and there's just not an easy series from here on out. And then I go over to the Red schedule, and they don't have one. They don't have two. They have three series left against the Pittsburgh Pirates and a four-game set against the Nationals. So it's so... It's so easy to just chalk it up to the Reds making the playoffs just by looking at that. And and I think that is the safer choice. But I do want to point out that even though I think the Reds are the team that will make the playoffs out of the National League, I firmly believe that the Padres are the better team. Yes. Firmly. I mean, the Reds have had... Firmly grasp it. They've had some great individual performances this year. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Nick Castellanos for much of the year has been an absolute menace. Uh, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, Tyler Mayle, that, that whole staff has looked good recently. Jesse Winker obviously put together an insane first half. I don't think anyone saw that coming. Him and um, Naquin. Exa- yeah, Naquin has been – he was incredibly hot at the beginning of the year. He's getting hot again recently. They've got guys like Max Schrock putting in everyday work uh, and, and playing well. I mean, this team has had – some great individual performances, and I do think that they are a very good team. Joey Votto looked like the MVP for a month, and he started to fall off a little bit since then, but I, I just don't think that this team is as complete as the Padres from top to bottom on their roster. Um, and, and that's why I would pick the Padres to win a series against the Reds, but that's not what we're looking at. I mean, these teams don't play each other the rest of the season. It just depends on which one does better on their own path. So. Exactly, um, and, and and we haven't even it, mentioned the Phillies. I mean, that's the yeah. other thing. That's the well, wild. The Phillies, card. they are a wild card because you don't know how your relief pitching is going to go. You, I mean, you're having an MVP uh, right now, the MVP front runner for the NL, Bryce Harper. Absolutely, um, and that team might not even make the playoffs, but they when their pitching works and when their pitching can be decent, they're a playoff team. But it's the other times when the 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 relief pitching just goes goes to goes to I don't want to say the word goes to poop, uh, where it, you can't trust this team. You cannot trust this team. 
No. But to be fair, Fangraphs still does have the Padres at the highest percentage to make the playoffs. They have a 42.5% chance, whereas the Reds have a 37.8% chance. As does um, ESPN. ESPN's so, got them too. But uh, And who's to say that the Phillies don't win the NL East? They're still only a game and a half back of the Braves. And they play each other uh, twice, I believe, in, for the remaining of the season. So everything is still in flux, but it's it's really nice to see stories like the Mariners and stories like the Blue Jays, stories like that Reds team, or in the Phillies too, to see them compete after, you know, obviously COVID was bad for everybody. 2019, the Red, I mean, the Phillies were supposed to, saving grace, Bryce Harper was going to bring them a shit and they didn't do anything. Fire Gabe Kapler, bring on Joe Girardi. I mean, they're picking and prodding. Dave Dombrowski is picking and prodding as much as he can. Um, it'd be huge to see that pay off for them. Yeah, it would be. But we're we're in the uh, we're in scary hours mode, Owen. We're in scary hours mode. Um, gotta love you know your boy AJ Alexi. What what did he do, Owen? Oh my God, dude. AJ Alexi has had two career MLB starts now. Uh, one last week against, I think it was the Rockies, and then one tonight as we just started recording against the uh, the Angels. And in those two starts, you know how many hits he's given up in each start? Just one. He's just given oh, up one boy. hit in each start. Uh, former 11th round pick of the Dodgers. He was actually part of the U Darvish trade in 2017 that sent him over there. Uh, and he's just torn up every, every league he's played in this year. Had a 1.6 ERA and double A in seven starts, 13 appearances, had a 1.8 ERA and triple A in three starts. And they said, you know what? That's enough for us. Call us up to the, call him up to the big league. And, you know, two starts in, in the big league still hasn't allowed a run only two hits in 11 innings. I mean, this guy looks like the real deal. Uh, if we're, if we're trying to get back into the practice of saying nice things about the Rangers, cause it's been a while since we have, I mean, this guy looks like he's the real deal. So that's my that's my nice thing about the Rangers for the month. Uh, now I can go back to I, hating them. Yeah, screw the Rangers. Globe Life Field sucks. Capital S sucks. That field looks too big, Owen. It looks it's, bigger it's than a regular field. Do you know like what I'm it. talking about? Yeah, like oh, I know exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. It looks ginormous. It looks disgusting. It looks like I a, a barbecue. Really it looks like it. a it looks like a barbecue grill. Be better, Arlington. Terrible. Absolutely. Terrible. Horrible. Um, what else do we have to go with? We have the Giants. I mean, the Dodgers were in the lead. Now it's the Giants. Or it is the Giants now. Yeah. Take two out of three from the Dodgers, man. That's huge for them. Uh, the fact that they play each other so many times uh, helps. And This late in the season helps because none of us were expecting the Giants to even be competing. And now they're like probably the best team in baseball right now. I'm not even going to lie. Um, Record-wise, yes. It could be debated. I mean... But for them to go out two out of three from that Dodgers team uh, that spends so much money, we know how much money the Dodgers spend. And I brought this up to you last week, but I will mention it again because this thought has me loving, love, love, loving this thought. One of those two teams will be hosting a game at their stadium. And if they don't win that game, they do not play in the playoffs. It's crazy. Imagine the Dodgers who traded their two best prospects for Max Scherzer, half a year of Max Scherzer, and uh, who or Trey Turner, 
Imagine the fact that they trade their two best prospects. Now, not to mention their prospect is their 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 prospects class is loaded. Their farm is loaded. If they were to sell the farm, only to play in a one game playoff and lose to the Cincinnati Reds. If you're uh, if you're if you're if you're Andrew Freeman, what are you doing? Uh, that's I mean, the, come on. That's what dreams are made of, right there. Good God. That would be fantastic. I really looking would forward be. to the possibility of that happening. Oh, and if it's like a walk off home run too, Howie Kendrick style. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. Oh, and that'd be it. Oh, poetry and gorgeous. Motion. Love it. It would be. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, Yasmani Grandal is back. Owen, for you, he's Y'all raking. He's absolutely raking. Love to see that. Uh, just picked him up on my MLB The Show team too, and he is my best hitter now, which is which is great. Always good to have a switch hitting catcher. Um, that does help. That does just help. A, just a quick shout out to MLB The Show. I mean, not yeah, not gonna brag, player. not gonna brag, but I won nine games in a row in battle royale tonight. So. Uh, oh, uh oh, here comes Owen, competitive kinda MLB nasty. The Show player, professional professional MLB The Show player. Yeah, gotta love it. Um, Owen. You know what else is back? What's up? College football is back. We had week zero, but it was really back this week. Everybody was in action. Oh, it was beautiful. Georgia beat Clemson. ASU played. Texas played. Indiana played. Kind of sad. Okay, move on. But we're back. We're back in action. Where do you want to dig in, Owen? Where do you want to dig in? I, I think it's only right if we start with our own teams, give each of us like a minute maybe to talk about the outlook, uh, what what our teams are looking like after week one, because I know I'm pretty excited about what we've got going on at the 40 Acres. All right, I'll let um, you go first, Owen. What's going on in the 40 Acres? And All right. I, I mean, overall, it was, just a, it was just a strong start to the Sark era. I mean, you walk in at, to a trap game basically i mean i was saying it all week leading up to it louisiana lafayette is the definition of a trap game they're one of the best teams outside of power five i would argue the best team in the Sun Belt. i mean it's either them or coastal the fun and they, and they come into dkr ranked uh with nothing to lose i mean what is this team going to lose if they lose to a ranked big 12 team not much what do they have to gain so so much uh, so they walk into DKR, and what does new quarterback, new head coach Hudson Card and Steve Sarkeesian do? Uh, they they manage the game. Uh, we end up winning by 20, cover easily. We're only eight and a half point favorites. Um, Hudson Card plays a great two and a half, three quarters uh, before Casey Thompson comes in to finish off the game just because Sark said both of them were going to play. Uh, Hudson Card looked great, though. He got the team out early to a lead, used his best weapon in Bijan Robinson, who I am officially starting the Heisman campaign for right now. Uh, and the team just held on to the ball. I mean, Hudson Card had two touchdowns. Bijan Robinson had, I want to say, two touchdowns, one on the ground and one in the air. Casey Thompson came in and he managed the game too. And the team didn't turn the ball over for 60 minutes. Uh, and that's exactly what you ask for in a new system, a new quarterback, is you just want to get things under control, and they could not have done that any better. I want to clean up a little bit on the defensive end, especially in the secondary, because it felt like whatever Louisiana wanted underneath, they could have. Um, and that's okay to an extent, but you can't just give guys seven, eight yards every play. Um, and, and other than that, I mean, I, there's really not much to complain about this week. 
pretty pretty great game from start to finish. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you want to clean up your defense. I'm going to love on my defense. Uh, Arizona State's defense was absolutely beautiful. Three interceptions, um, including in the first drive of the game. ASU, of course, they're playing Southern Utah, FCS opponent. Shout out to the big sky. Uh, but a, a kind of one where uh, it goes front and back. Owen, what, what are those type of words where, you know, it's uh, if you say it forwards and backwards, it sounds the um, same? Palindrome? A palindrome. We had a palindrome score, Owen. It was 41 to 14, Arizona State one. Did not cover. Uh, however, the, the spread was 45 and a half. Um, I don't know what we're expecting. Tough to uh, cover that. Dominated, uh, to say the least. First drive of the game, third play of the game. Uh, DeAndre Pierce with an interception, uh, which is, you know, electric factory. Uh, once again, we're playing Southern Utah. This team looks good at times i will say the running running attack is what's going to be the strong suit for asu this year the three-headed horse of rashad white demonte trainum and daniel ningata is going to be just hard to defend for any team rashad white seven attempts 58 yards with two touchdowns demonte chip trainum 52 yards on six attempts two touchdowns as well um we run the ball really well i don't know what else to say owen um Jaden Daniels, uh, he was good. 10 for 12, a little sloppy, almost threw an interception, didn't end up getting an interception. Uh, it, w- it was on the ground. I Clearly, you, from my vantage point on the field, you did not. it did not look like a uh, – he only threw for 132 yards, though. Um, but still, this team looked good. It, it Herm Edwards said post-game that this was ASU playing ASU because of the penalties, and boy, were there a lot targeting penalty in the second drive of the game uh i mean that can't happen you score a touchdown within the first two minutes of the game after a turnover does the field goal made no the field goal is blocked that can't happen the first kick of the game kick was out of bounds that can't happen it's cleaning up errors like that and giving them uh not giving them as many penalty yards i I mean we had 12 penalties for 104 yards. I mean, that cannot happen. That cannot happen. No. At all. It's not good. So, uh, other other than that, I mean, game went well. Uh, Very excited. You know, Sun Devil Stadium was back and rocking. My first game ever at Sun Devil Stadium on the field. Fun. We recorded that. That was fun. Uh, It was loud. It was electric. Uh, announced obviously DKR holds up to a hundred thousand. Y'all are gonna beat us, blow us out of the water. We got forty five thousand fans in the stands, and it was rocking. Uh, Stomp the bus, uh, all the traditions were. It was great. Yeah. Um, overall, ASU looked like they belong. Uh, kind of more of the same this week against UNLV, but that first test against BYU uh, two weeks from now will be good. And then, um, oh, and we can even segue this into, I guess, the one of the biggest games of the week. UCLA gets LSU into the Rose Bowl, and they go out and they win. It's big. They win. Is, is Ed Orgeron officially on the hot seat? No, no, no. no? This, is a less, this is a less mile situation, Owen. He's not going to be on the hot okay. seat. Okay, I'll give you this. If LSU doesn't go to a bowl game this year, maybe he gets on the hot seat. But I don't think he's going to be on the hot seat unless you produce three consecutive seasons where they're not going to a, a big bowl game. 
I'll give you that. I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll give him yeah I'll give him until the end of the season. I don't think he obviously won't get fired mid season unless they lose to like a, an FCS opponent, uh, which won't happen. But I mean, you've got to start to wonder when things are going to heat up for them again. It feels like it was just Joe Burrow for that one season carrying them uh, to a national championship, and and you start to wonder, you know, once he leaves, the team falls apart. How much of it can you actually chalk up to Orgeron? So. I don't True. think he's a, I don't think he's a bad coach. I'm I'm not pushing for him to be fired if I'm an LSU fan, but like it's it's got to be frustrating to lose games like that at such a big school. True. Um I don't know if they played a bowl game this past year. Uh I don't even I don't remember. think I don't even think they did play a bowl game. Nope, they didn't. Yeah. Uh which is fine. I mean, not not a lot of teams play. I mean, ASU played a bowl game last year, but still, they went five and five. That's five hundred. That's not acceptable if you're at Ogeron. Um, I don't think he's on the hot seat though. I don't. I don't think you can say that, Owen. Um, That's fair. Because he brought them a national championship. You look at Les Miles. They won the championship like 2011. I want to say 2011, 2012. Sometime around there. After they won that ring, it took them four years to get rid of Les Miles. Four or five years before he yeah. left. Yeah. It's going to be the same situation with Coach O. If Coach O wants to stay, he's going to stay. And How long is his contract? Like, what would the buyout be if they were to next year or the year after? For, for let's see. I want to say he just signed a contract extension. Yeah. Let's see. He's the highest paid state employee in Louisiana. There you go. 2025 is when the contract expires. So he's getting $6 million a year until then. So a buyout after this season would be near $20 million. Year after, it would be like $12 million-ish. So I think they're certainly going to wait to extend him until they see more performance on his side. But, um, you know. It's definitely it's definitely got to turn around pretty quick in Death Valley. But other than that, um, North Carolina's overrated. Mac Very Brown, much so. Sam Howell, not, not a Heisman candidate. No, and they lost their two running backs from last season, Javante Williams and um, what's his name? The other one. Um, Good name. But, but bo- both in the NFL now. And they came out and showed that, you know, that rushing attack last year really was the real deal. Uh, as Virginia comes out and gets, or Virginia Tech, sorry, comes out and gets a win over them. Can we talk about bit, the, the sheer mass of people at Vatek? Oh my gosh, it's crazy! Absolutely not. I mean, we can we can talk about how crazy it was at Virginia Tech. I feel like we also have to mention the fact that there were allegedly ninety one thousand people at DKR this past weekend. I I test told me it was closer to about seventy five thousand, but we move. Um, but yeah, I mean, the ACC is up in the air, it looks like. Clemson loses week one to Georgia, who looks what, to be a playoff-caliber team. What a squeaker of a game. What a, what a was, hard-fought victory oh for Georgia. Really boring game to watch. Yeah. Not a single offensive touchdown. But uh, biggest loser of week one of college football has to be Dr. Pepper uh, for signing DJ Uagalele and then having him go out and do that. But... Hey, it is what it is. It is uh, what it is. For they'll turn it around. Yeah, it, it's mean, interesting because I looked at the bowl projections 
that ESPN put out after week one. Obviously, way, way too early to do that, but they did it anyways. Um, and, and they've got one of them, I th- maybe even both of them, have a Notre Dame-Clemson Peach Bowl, which I think is interesting. Mm. Um, really good stuff from from uh, Schlaubeck and Bonagura, of course. Uh, they They never disappoint. But among other things, you've got a Texas Texas A and M bowl game from one of them. Where? That's never going to happen. Uh, the Sugar Bowl. That could happen. It could happen, but both of them have Notre Dame Clemson in the Peach Bowl at the moment, and both of them have a Bama Georgia national championship with Oklahoma and Ohio State being the other two teams. Uh, Arizona State is in. I want to say the Sun Bowl is one of them. And then I want to say the Holiday Bowl is the other one. I'm telling you, we're going to the Rose Bowl. Okay. We're going to the Rose Bowl. Hey, talk your shit. Arizona State against Miami? Solid. Uh, No, it's going to be the Rose Bowl against... I don't even know who, but we're going to win. Penn State. I, that'd be such a sexy matchup. Don't lie to me. That's a sexy ass matchup right there. Penn State ASU. Yeah. Yeah. No. Come on. No. Oh, we haven't even Iowa. talked about the Iowa ASU. That'd actually be a really good matchup because <laughs> Iowa's run defense versus ASU's run offense would have to. Would that'd be really good? I would really enjoy that. Um, oh, we're talking about the Rose Bowl because ASU is chilling. They're on the good side of the Pac-12, the Pac-12 South. The Pac-12 North went one and five, including ranked Washington losing to Montana. The Grizzlies go to Alaska Airlines Field in lovely Washington, and they beat the Huskies. Not to mention the whole Pac-12 North as a whole went one and five. That's another FCS school, right? Montana. Yes. Just yes. wanted to make sure. Uh, that's pretty incredible. I watched the end of that game, and Washington just had nothing going. It was pretty. It was pretty terrible. Um, but I mean, uh, the 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 Power Five schools did not look amazing to me this week, which was kind of weird to see. Uh, usually, you have Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Oklahoma, whoever else, jump out week one and absolutely demolish whoever they played. And that simply didn't happen. I mean, obviously, Clemson's got a tough matchup in Georgia, but they lost. Um, Ohio State beats Minnesota by two scores. Okay. Number two, Oklahoma beats Tulane by five points uh, in a game where Tulane really lost a possession on a bad pass interference call. You can argue about it all you want. Uh, but the Big 12 looks wide open. The only team I would say that overperformed week one out of the teams at the top is UT. Oklahoma wins by five. Um, Iowa State beats Northern Iowa by six. And, and then and then there's such a big drop-off after those three teams that it feels like Texas is right in the thick of things to win. You've got Notre Dame, a top 10 team falter against Mackenzie Milton. Uh, never thought I'd hear that name again. Pretty oh incredible that he's back. Oh my goodness! But Notre Dame squeaks one out against the Seminoles. Barely. Um, Jack Cone looks great. The Cone uh, Zone officially in the Cone Zone. Can we start a Jack Cone for Heisman campaign too? I'm bound to be right one of these days. 
I'm not going to start a Jack Cohn for Heisman. I might start a Kyle Hamilton for Heisman after oh that God. performance. So <laughs> He's so good. Two interceptions, including one where he ran across the field. The field to field, that's 50 yards if I'm not mistaken, right? 53 from sideline to sideline. He probably covered he about 40 of it. 40 yards to get an interception. To have that He's, amount of vision and to be able to block that route, come on now. He's incredible. He, he's five. the best safety I've seen in college in the last few years. Maybe since a guy like Jamal Adams. I mean, I think he has to be a top five pick in this next NFL draft unless, you know, he's just completely being read wrong right now. But I don't think that's the case. Uh, Michael Meyer, Mayer, whatever, also looks like, uh, apart from a couple big drops in this last game, he still had nine for 120 and a touchdown as a tight end, and he does look like he has the potential to be Notre Dame's best tight end since probably Kyle Rudolph, uh, which is obviously great. The only downside of Notre Dame's performance this past week, one is the defense in the second half, just absolutely collapsing against Mackenzie Milton. And, and then two, Kyron Williams kind of struggling to get anything going all game. Mm-hmm. But those things will get figured out. It was Marcus Freeman's first first game. As the defensive coordinator, uh, they took a lot of risks defensively. It worked out for the first half, not so much for the second half. They'll take it and they'll move on. Uh, it's kind of sad that the the big headline from that game is Brian Kelly's postgame conference, which I find hilarious. Execution. <laughs> Maybe we all need to be executed. Ah! Death threats from the Dick Corbett head football coach. Yeah. Um, was not taken well on Twitter. I, I guess not surprisingly. I thought it was funny, but um, it's a it's a reference though. Is the thing? Yeah, it is a reference, but it's still funny though. It is pretty funny stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> execution. Gosh, man! If you're on the sidelines, what are you thinking there? I mean, whoa, it's a lot. Uh, it was a squeaker. Shouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, you are starting a true freshman uh, as your left tackle. He had a couple of weird plays, uh, a couple of plays where he just got completely beat off the line. Like there was, you know, obviously he's a true freshman, but Notre Dame is O-line U. Let's not forget Quentin Nelson, uh, among others, the Martin brothers, among others. Um, But moving forward, you have, uh, I think they play like Toledo this week. I mean, come on. It's Toledo. That'll be good. Jack yeah. Cohn. I like Jack Cohn. He's a great passer. I just wish he was a little bit more mobile. I don't know. Maybe we were spoiled with the past, like, three Notre Dame quarterbacks being semi-mobile, being able to move. Yeah. Cohn's kind of like a, 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 a stand-up cardboard cutout. He doesn't really move. And that's scary at times. Um, but I guess it's fine for a team like Notre Dame who is going to have an offensive line that's going to protect. Yeah. Um, to a certain extent. Uh, what remains to be seen, the biggest game of the year is early. I mean, they play, they play Cincinnati week five. Um, and Cincinnati, this is the group of five's best shot at a, at a college football playoff bid since the induction of the playoff. By Absolute, far. Absolutely. By far. That team made quick work of their opponent this week. They are ranked seventh, probably going to be moving up to like Higher, I don't know, five, six, maybe. I don't. If I could see them and, sneak towards the top five, but I like them where they are right now. If they can go out and beat Notre Dame, that'll be huge for them. And they're a good, they're a good ball club. Then go to Notre Dame Stadium and beat Notre Dame. Come on now, you cannot say that they're not going to be a. And 
Now, it could be some Golden Case Keenum era U of H type stuff where um, they go out and they go undefeated and they play in the championship game and lose like uh, U of H did to Southern Miss, yeah. which was sad. Uh, Golden Golden Eagles. Were those, the, were those the Case Keenum days? Those were the Keen. That was the Keenum era. Case closed. Caso cerrado. Beautiful oh. time. Uh, yeah, what a time to be alive. U of H should have beat Texas Tech. They lost to Texas Tech. That was sad. Uh, they, what did Tech put up? Like 31 unanswered? 31 unanswered. U of Brutal. H went into the locker room thinking they were chilling, and uh, they were not chilling. Dana, what happened? Dana Holgerson. God bless America. Um, so in conclusion, why was OU ranked second? I don't know. There's no way they're in the top four after this week. I don't think. Even not, in, not in my mind. I mean, they'll probably stay up there in the rankings, but in my mind, they're not a top four team right they're now. They're not going to – there's no way they're staying at two. There's no way they're staying at two after that. Georgia moves up to two. Oklahoma could move to three, I guess. It's just I, who I replaces them as the fourth. After Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, the three clear ones. Do you put Oklahoma in or do you put A&M in? Do you put Notre Dame in, Cincinnati? I mean, who's your fourth? I don't know. I don't know what you do there. I, I mean, it is. I mean, A and M did win against Kent State. They had three interceptions from their starting quarterback in his first game as the starter. Um, but I don't think you. I don't think you put A and M up at four after that performance. Eh, you're right. They probably. They probably get moved to four. By process of elimination, um, they have to stay at four. But uh, sir, the, that four spot's wide open. Yeah, I don't. I think Oklahoma loses two games this year. And one of them is going to be, and I'm going to give you high praise to your team. I think UTB's Oklahoma. Let's go, let's go. Who's the other? After one? what I after what I saw from Spencer Rattler, I'm not impressed. I'm I, sorry. I'm impressed by Hudson Card. I got to say, I'll, I'll pick their second loss to be. Uh, maybe I'll pick um, Jake Myers' alma mater, Nebraska. Shout Big out Jake Red. Myers. Forgot to talk about him earlier, but he hit it. Oh, my goodness. And shout out Jose Siri for getting the call up as well. Absolutely. Love, it. love, love, love it. Yeah. Um, let's look at their schedule. I mean, Nebraska's there. Texas is there in the Cotton Bowl, obviously. And then you've got Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State to finish the year. I could see one of those three final games against Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma being a loss. At Oklahoma State is a trap game. That is definitely a trap game. You know Mike Gundy's getting hyped for that. Come oh on now. Oh my gosh. Stillwater's going to be rocking. Um, they only beat Tulane by five. Owen, that that that, I know. that should not be allowed. That's great. Shout out Tulane's uniforms too. The powder blues. Ooh. Top top two top three uniform in college football. Yes. Tulane's powder Very blues. Uh, Notre Dame's green uniforms and Ole Miss's baby blues that they wore tonight. Top Very three clean. right there. Very clean, very clean. So, um, I guess now in conclusion, go Irish, go. Forks up. Go team. Go football. Okay. Love it. Eh, I don't know about all that. Um, Owen, uh, week one football, yay, get excited. Are you excited? Scale one to ten, 2.7. 2.7, that's it? I'll give it at least a 4.3 just because I have two fantasy football teams this year that I got to keep up with. See, I, I didn't I don't have a team yet. I need to get yeah, a team. See, I need to get my league together. You're so, in the dumps. I am in the dumps. I need I need a squad. Um, yeah. I am just not excited. I mean, uh, if you're looking for storylines, if you're looking for storylines, Dak Prescott's coming back to open the NFL season 
against Tom Brady and the reigning Super Bowl champions on Thursday Night Football. That's a good matchup to start the year. Uh, we've got three rookie quarterbacks this season starting week one, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. The era is beginning for all of them. Uh, you've got a Sam Darnold revenge game week one against the Jets. And then you've also got Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff starting off against new teams. And then you've got Tyrod Taylor taking on against Trevor Lawrence uh, and, and the and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But the storylines there aren't immaculate. I'll give you that. I mean, there's nothing crazy. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I will say I'm putting on for the city. I think the Texans at least cover against the Jaguars. Is that lose bold by, of me? Lose by a field goal or what? Why it's not? So, it's so hard to pick a team to cover and still lose when three and a half is the spread. But um, you know what I can made see me that. happy? You know what made me happen? Happy Owen. Like five minutes ago, I typed in 2022 NFL mock draft just to see <laughs> uh, where Kyle Hamilton would be selected. I opened Top up 10. that mock track, and you know who they had as round one pick one? Oh, it's absolutely the Texans. The Every Toros, single one. Man. Every single one's got us up there. But this one has us taking Kavion. Kayvon Thibodeau. Big injured guy. I, I'm i not even going to worry about it. Go Cardinals. Um, you want my Super Bowl prediction, Owen? Let's go Cardinals. Bold. I don't, I don't I like care. It, I, but I, I like don't it. care. I'm going Cardinals. Uh, that's what, AFC, right? Or NFC? NFC. NFC. Okay, I'm going to go Cardinals. Give me Cardinals and... AFC. Man, I don't know. Hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Oh, fuck. Yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, let's go Cardinals, Chiefs. This Super Bowl's in LA. Hometown bounce. Cardinals win 42 to 38. And JJ wow. Watt retires after. Oh, good God. <laughs> Just signed a two year deal, retires after year one. Beautiful. <laughs> I don't know, Owen. I don't care. I don't care. It's uh, so sad. How little me, I care. Give me... Uh, just so I don't pick either of the same teams as you, I'll let you have the Chiefs. Give me a Buffalo Bills. Oh, I love it. I should have went Bills. Cardinals Bills, Bills is so much better. A Bills-Packers oh. Super Bowl. All the storylines oh, about Aaron Rodgers over the offseason. He's going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Packers win it. 2719 uh MVP is Stefan Diggs. The Has the game winning touchdown. The Packers you, Oh win. yeah 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 I, I forgot I picked the Packers. Uh then <laughs> we, God, we don't it's a shit, care. It's a shit show. We don't care. Super Bowl MVP Robert Tanyan. Let's go. Does Brian Bulaga still play? <laughs> Give me Brian Bulaga Super Bowl. Oh, uh, is he somewhere? He's not in Green Bay anymore. Where's he at? Oh, mercy. He's with the Chargers. Oh, let's go. That's electric, if you know what I mean. Chargers are a playoff team. Good pun. Chargers are on a playoff team this year. They could be. Justin Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. If I could give you one NFL hot take is the Chargers will be a playoff team. How does the NFL wildcard work? I know division winners all go in. Oh, Is it just there's, top there's, two? There's, there's two now. There's two. There's eight teams make it now. In each conference? Yes. And only oh, okay. one team gets a bye. Not two. Oh, I don't like that. Um, yeah, I could see them taking a wild card. They won't Hell win the division yeah. over the Chiefs. Hell but yeah. 
Hey, Austin Eckler is on one of my fantasy football teams. Justin Bolt Herbert's up. on the other. Bolt Char- up. Chargers look good. That's all I'm saying. Bolt up. Uh, you could tell how little we care. I, I, it is astonishing how little I care for the. I NFL. don't. I don't give much insight with the NFL. I kind of just sit back and watch my fantasy teams and deal with the consequences. As long as exactly. I'm not sitting in a Waffle House in five months, I'm happy. I don't think you will, Owen. I don't think you will. I don't think I will either. And can we bring up a dialogue? Waffle House is so terrible. It is trash. I've been there maybe twice. Not that great. Are you putting Waffle House ahead of IHOP? Absolutely not. Hell no. I've been to IHOP more than Waffle House. True. But if 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 you're driving in the middle of nowhere, there's a shopping center and there's three restaurants. It's a Denny's, an IHOP, and a Waffle House. You sure as hell are not going to Waffle House. And... I'll bring up the point. Waffle House is my third pick. I'm going De- I'm going IHOP Denny's Waffle House in that order. I might agree with you. I might I might take I don't know. There's there's an appeal to Denny's somewhere. I just can't find it. Uh but you, you don't want to you don't want the grand slam going? It depends on what time of day it is. If it's like brunch like morning, I'm taking IHOP. If it's middle of the night, Denny's is the only correct answer. Yeah, not Waffle House. Are you dumb? Are you dumb? Oh, I want it smothered and covered. That's a terrible... It, ugh. That's trash food. I don't care. Murder me. I am... No. No Waffle House is allowed. That's the debate. That's the debate. That's the hill that I will die on. Waffle House is overrated. End of story. Period. Close. Paragraph. And that's your NFL insight for the week. <laughs> yeah. And from that point... We'll move on to the fact that Arsenal is at the bottom of the Premier League table, Owen. And we can provide insight for the Premier League. I kind of care for the Premier League, yeah. Everton's second in the table. Love it. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's on Man U. Love that. I mean, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Go go soccer. Tottenham still undefeated. But Man City on paper is the best team. Plus nine goal differential. You're not getting anywhere near that. I don't um, think Man City's the best team in their own city, Owen. I think they Man just they just lo- they just lost one nil to Man- to Tottenham. That's it. They beat Norwich and Arsenal five nil. You can't compete okay, with Owen. a team winning five nil back to back games. All right, Owen. But I honestly think there is no reason why Man City's better than Man U. Man U is clearly the better team. I can't name three players on any Premier League squad. Is that bad? Oh no! Yes, I can. actually yes, I can't. You can. I can't. I can't. Don't I can. lie to yourself. So Manu's got Ronaldo. They've got De Gea still, I think. And they've got is is uh is Martial there still? I think so. Oh, and um, so. you are. He correct. is. I, I thought, Let's go. I can. I think I can name three players on three teams. I'm gonna go easily. Everton. You got Jordan Pickford. You got Seamus Coleman, and you have uh, Irish legend. Yes, and you have Luca Dean. Uh, in Tottenham, you have Son, you have Hugo Lloris, and you have you got Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Uh, Man U, you have uh, oh Chelsea, Lukaku. Yeah. That's about it. Um, Is Hazard still there? No, no that was a while. So. <laughs> that was, was a while a ago. Long time ago. You're, you're, <laughs> that shows the last know, time I followed soccer. That shows the last time you bought a FIFA game, FIFA 14. Yeah, shout out. Absolutely. Nah, FIFA 17 was the last one I bought. I bought FIFA 17 as well. Um, that's about it. Uh, go soccer. Soccer it up. 
love it. I, I, I'll watch it. It's great. It's fun. Same thing with cricket. That's why we do cricket player of the week exactly. because we like we're trying to learn. We're trying to educate ourselves so that we can give you content that you want to see. So Owen, on that note, let's let's pick up from our boys, our English cricketeers, our dogs. Owen, can I get a drum roll, please? This week's cricket player of the week is not even a player. It's head coach Chris Silverwood. Beautiful. I love it. Born March 5th, 1975. He's right-handed and he was a right-arm fast-medium bowler. He was on the England national side for seven years from 1996 to 2002. And he's the head coach of the England cricketer team. He used to be the head coach of the Essex team as a bowling coach, but he joined the England team full-time in 2018 following the departure of Trevor Bayliss. So shout out to Chris Silverwood, former cricketer, but this week's year English Cricketer of the Week. Gotta love, love it. it. Shout out Christopher. That's incredible stuff. You've outdone yourself this week. I'm not Thank you, Owen. Coaches. We're good into coaches now. Oh, and we're back. NCAA's back. MLB's back. I mean, we're, we're winding down the MLB. We have wild card. That's the analysis you come for is the wild card analysis because we talk and we talk well about what we think. Um, do we care about the NFL? Maybe. Not not. Not no, not yes. Aggregate score between my 2.7 and your 4.6 is roughly a 3.57. So... We'll meet in the middle there. We're semi-excited. Not that excited, but it's okay because who cares? We have the MLB to worry about. We have James Blake to worry about. We have Baby Keem to worry about. And that's the way it is, Owen. That is the way it is. That's all she wrote. Yes. So with that being said, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Follow Owen at Owen Kiska with two eyes on Twitter. Follow me at Wooly Zach on Twitter. And then while you're doing that, follow our podcast at Controlled Chaos Pod. Control spelled C-N-T-R-L-D Chaos Pod on Twitter. Um... Yeah, that's about it right now. Uh, we want to make sure that you have a good week. We want to make sure you have the best week. Make this week your best week. Keep that same energy, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Bye. I don't want to be safe no more. They told me it was hell.